Hello. Hello. How are you? I am fine, Irish Gav. I'm English Gav, as you may know. Uh, yes, <laughs> this is not awkward in any way. And this is another edition of Drunken Time Show. Yes. It's raining outside. Is it? Yes. Oh, we're in England, aren't we? I've uh, got a cold. One of my ears doesn't work. Which one? What? Which ear doesn't work? What? Uh, yes, so so this week, weeks, we're doing the Dalek Master Plan. Yes, the the 12-episode epic masterpiece, whatever you want to call it. Five yes. hours of the Daleks. Well, there's nothing wrong with the Daleks. Well, we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we'll find out. <laughs> uh, yes, so it's 12 episodes. We're splitting it into two uh, uh, parts of six episodes each. Yes. And I believe you're doing the first six. Yes, I shall be doing the first six. Next week we'll do the next six, which I will do. And uh, that, that, that encompasses the twelve. Indeed. Indeed. And we have yeah. beer. Yes. But we'll keep it a surprise until the middle. I like the twist. <laughs> that, that was the top. Twelve of the beer, you see. That was the twist. Uh, but we flicked it off. Do you want to tell everyone about the first six episodes of the Dalek Masterplan? I would love to tell everybody about the first six episodes of the Dalek Masterplan. You may begin with episode one, The Nightmare Begins, which sounds like a uh, Tim Burton prequel, but we'll not worry about that. No. Brett and Kurt are on the planet Kemble looking for Mark Corey from the mission to the unknown and trying to contact Bryce. They fail on both counts. The latter being due to uh, an argument back at base about whether to watch the big game or the news. Both of which are more important than two agents stranded on a planet where three agents have already disappeared. They decide to split up with Carl, now proclaiming he is ready. Then Adelic shoots him, so not ready then. Back at the base, the news channel shows Mavic Chen, the Guardian of the Galaxy, announcing he's going on holiday. Stephen, as a result of budget cuts, is now poisoned from the rusty sword from the previous episode. So the Doctor lands on Kemble and heads out to look for help. Unfortunately, he bumps into Brett, who steals his TARDIS key at gunpoint and enters it looking to escape. Stephen, however, knocks him out. The Doctor heads over to investigate a nearby ship landing. Brett gives Stephen some uh, medicine and they all become friends. The Doctor witnesses the Daleks meeting their new ally, Mavic Chen. He gets off the ship, the Doctor returns to the TARDIS, and he sees the Daleks surrounding the TARDIS. Episode 2, Day of Armageddon. One of the Daleks moves. No, really. There's like movement on the screen and everything. They must have increased the SFX budget for this one. The Daleks are ordered by the Supreme Dalek to begin Operation Inferno. In the Dalek meeting chamber, Zephon, the master of the fifth galaxy, meets with Mavi Chen to discuss the genius of the Daleks, which I hope isn't a missing Doctor Who episode they've stolen from existence. Katerina takes the still-weak Stephen into the jungle to get away from the Daleks, and the Doctor bumps into them. The Dalek firing squad now setting fire to the jungle. The Doctor and Stephen argue about whether to go to face the Daleks or not. Brett shows up to interrupt them, and they all head off to Dalek City. Zeppo, deciding that the, he's the greatest thing ever, decides to make the rest of the Universal Council wait while he minces around outside for a while. So Brett knocks him out and the Doctor steals his clothes and joins the meeting. 
The Daleks report that the time destructor is complete. They just need the core fitting. So, not complete then. Mavic Chen presents the core, but is interrupted by the sound of an intruder alarm that Zeppo set off upon awakening, allowing the Doctor to steal the core in the confusion. Brett, Stephen and Katerina steal the spaceship and are about to leave without the Doctor. Thus goes your cliffhanger. Episode 3, Devil's Planet The Doctor appears at the door just in time and they take off in Mavic Chen's ship, causing the rest of the Universal Council to accuse him a traitor. The Daleks instead blame Zeppo for negligence and kill him. Finding a cassette player, they play tape that the Doctor found on a corpse in the jungle. It's the one Corey made and didn't send in Mission to the Unknown. The Daleks then fire a randomizer at the ship, causing it to crash land on a prison planet. They're still suspicious about Mavic Chen, as it was his ship that was stolen and he goes back to Earth, and vows to make the perpetrators pay if they are from Earth. On the prison planet, the travellers are trying to repair the ship, and if there's one thing we've learned from Mission to the Unknown, it's that you can't attempt to fix things without a little bickering. So Breton... If, if there's one thing we've learned from doing podcasts, yes, is you can't do them without a little bickering. Yes. A little bickering goes a long way. So Brett and the Doctor <laughs> bicker over who has the better spaceship whilst convicts approach the ship. Though the Doctor lays a traps for the convicts, one of them manages to stow away on the ship and just as they take off, he attacks Katerina. The next episode of Chase is called The Traitors. The convict demands they change course from Earth to Kemble. At this rate, there'll be a McDonald's on there in no time. The Doctor now orders Mavic Chen to intercept the Travellers on Earth and then exterminate the Daleks' pursuit ship before failing. The convict takes Katerina into airlock but fails to count on the fact that Katerina opens the airlock door, sacrificing herself for the rest of the crew. Back at Earth base, Mavic Chen identifies Brett as a traitor to be killed on sight. The Doctor and Brett crash at the experimental system and make their way to see Daxter, who is apparently the only one that will believe them. Mavic Chen orders security agent Sarah Kingdom to capture the traitors and recover the Terranium. The travellers explain their situation to Daxter, but the Doctor realises he's been paid off and Brett kills him. The Doctor is appalled. Sarah Kingdom arrives, demanding the Terranium, and Brett reaches for his gun, but Sarah shoots first, killing Brett. The Doctor escapes in the confusion. Sarah then orders the other traitors killed. Episode 5. Counterplot. The Doctor and Stephen arrive in a strange room containing a mouse power transmitter or something, and guessing the Daleks are using all the batteries. Sarah Kingdom bursts in, and suddenly the room is flooded with blinding light. Scientists... Noting something wrong, go inspect the room and we find the Doctor and company are missing. The scientists explain they've been transmitted through sprays. <laughs> <laughs> the scientists explain they have been transmitted through space at approximately 600,000 times faster than the speed of light. To the planet Mirror. Mavic Chen, fearing the telling off he's about to get from the Daleks, makes up a story that this was his plan all along before proclaiming himself the greatest thing ever. See how that worked out for Zeppo, chap? 
On the planet, Stephen convinces Sarah they're not traitors and she reveals that Brett was her brother. Avoiding the native invisible budget saving monsters, they are eventually surrounded by Daleks who've arrived to surround them. I'm afraid, my friends, the Daleks have won. Episode 6, Coronas of the Sun. What the Doctor could do with here is if someone created some confusion so he could escape. And as if by magic, the invisible budget-saving monsters uh, show up. So they haven't won then. Coming across a stray Dalek that seems to have got lost, he attempts to make a deal with it. Freedom in exchange for the Terranium. Then Stephen sneaks up behind the Dalek and does the old mud in the eye trick. Using the Dalek's confusion, they then steal the Dalek ship. The Daleks accuse Mavic Chen of failure, but he's already prepared his excuses. Then reports come in that the Dalek ship has been stolen and Mavic Chen revels in this news. They'll make fine rulers of the universe together. The Doctor makes a copy of the car, and I'm not even going to mention the stupid bit about Steven getting trapped in a force field in the process. The Daleks then use a magnetised beam to change the course of the ship back to Kemble, because, of course... There they await the Doctor. He agrees to hand over the court in exchange for letting him go. While they make their escape in the TARDIS, everyone argues again, and the TARDIS lands on a planet where the atmosphere is entirely dangerous. You can't even see anything for the snowy reception on the scanner. And that, my friends, is the end of the six episodes. Interesting. That <sighs> took some game through. Yeah, we started when we were yes. 14. <laughs> Let's talk about the episode. Okay, Gav, what would you like to talk about? Uh, first things, Katerina. Is she a companion? Are we going to skip right to that, are we? Yes, we're going to skip right to that. Okay, we're going to start. Okay, is she a companion? I, I would prefer to ask the question, why isn't she a For me, she hasn't travelled with the Doctor enough. She's how, how, how much do you have to travel with the Doctor for you to be a companion? Well, th- it, this is like putting a number on... How many people you have to sleep with to be a slug? Okay. <laughs> y- you can't really put a number on it. It's it's all subjective. Is Mickey from the new series a companion? Uh, far more a companion than uh, Katerina is, yes. But he didn't really travel with the Doctor that much at all. But Katerina was just like an accidental sort of... But just accidentally sort of travelled with the Doctor. For a couple of hours. She, she he, didn't... He, he, he deliberately brought her along. She didn't just turn up. She did. Vicky asked her, asked the doctor to bring her along. And he did. It wasn't like mm-hmm. Stephen who just turned up in the TARDIS. Well, this, well, Stephen turned up and he stayed with the doctor. Okay. Katerina didn't. Only by virtue she, of dying. Well, yes. <laughs> if she'd have stayed with him longer, she would have been a companion. Oh, how virtuous of you. Yeah, but she wasn't with him long enough to be a companion. All she ever did while she was in the TARDIS was just like cower in the background, waiting to die and ascend <laughs> to the heavenly place or whatever she called it, and to ascension. Perfection. Perfection, man. For me, she didn't do anything that would, for me, categorise as being a companion. She was a passenger. So now you have to travel with the Doctor for a certain period of time. Yeah. And you have to pass a number of tests as well to be a companion. Yeah. 
Is Grace from the Doctor Who movie, is she a companion of the Doctor? No. No, I don't think she makes it. Is Charlie from the Big Finish Adventures, is she a companion of the Doctor? Which one's Charlie? <laughs> she's the, from the Ace Doctor. She was the uh, she was the she was the companion with the Doctor in the audio adventures. The first one with the Ace Doctor. Oh, the R one hundred one spaceship with Charlie. Yes, yeah, she was. She's a companion of the Doctor. Yeah, despite being not actually on TV. Yeah, despite not being on TV, she travelled with the Doctor many, many times. Yes. She was a proper companion. But but she never but. She's not even canonical. She's a non-canonical companion. She's a non-canonical companion. Yes. So someone who wasn't even on TV is more a companion than Katarina. Mm. Katarina was just a passenger. A companion plays a more active role in the Doctor's life. Do they? I think so. To be considered a companion, yeah. What about the guy... From the first series of the new series, who joined... He was just a passenger. He was just a passenger as well. Who joined during the Dalek story. Yes. Yeah. He was just a passenger. He was downgrading everyone just so that Katarina isn't a companion. No. He wasn't. He he just, like, joined... He he travelled in the TARDIS as a passenger, and in the next story he's gone. Let's show her. Is she a companion? Yes. She spent several uh, stories and episodes and... She never travelled with a doctor. Travelling is not... <laughs> but you did. You said you, you said yourself mere minutes ago that you have to travel with the doctor. See, I said this is hard. <laughs> as trying to lay down a number on how many people you sleep with is a slag on it. What, what, what are you, you, you can't into, lay it down, down to a number. It's all subjective. What are you bringing sex into this for? It's subjective. It's it's just companions with the doctor. There's no sex involved until until the eighth, ninth, and tenth doctors. <laughs> but it's all subjective. You you need to have an active and lasting part and companionship with the doctor, and not just sort of travel with him for like an episode or something. Okay. There's like an active companionship going. Okay, I can oh, see that. And there's no definitive line that you can cross. It's it's a subjective thing. All right. And uh, for me, she doesn't cross it. I play with that. I just wanted to play that little game with you. Okay. And, and I played. And it was amusing. And, and, and <laughs> I do like that. Uh, I'm not sure if we mentioned before. I don't think we mentioned before. Mm-hmm. But uh, Adrian Hill, who plays Katarina. She was okay. hired, uh, and mm-hmm. then they basically decided to fire her because her <laughs> because she was from ancient Greece that her character wouldn't work, you know, in the with the Doctor, you know, and the TARDIS, not mm-hmm. that kind of thing, because they would she wouldn't understand it because she's from ancient Greece. So basically, they hired her, and her first scene was her death scene. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see that because most of her scenes were just sort of preempting her own death. Wondering when she's going to die, how she's going to ascend. I think I don't think that's true though that uh, her character wouldn't work because she's from ancient Greece. I well, just, they could have made it work. They could have made it work. I yeah. just think it's bad writing. Uh, I don't yeah, see I've, why someone from ancient Greece has to think that the Doctor is a god and that she's on her way to perfection or limbo or whatever. I just I think mm. it's bad writing. I can I can accept. I think you can quite easily have 
a companion of the Doctor who is from the past. For example, Jamie McCrimmon, who we shall be seeing next year. Ah, but he's just stupid, so... Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) But you see my point. I don't see a point at all. You don't like Jamie, do you? We have that to look forward to. Okay, Leela. Okay. Let's oh, you go. like Leela, don't Leela, you? Then. Oh, yes. you like Leela. Oh, <laughs> you like Leela. Yes, Leela. She's yeah. uh, from a primitive culture. Yes. And she worked really well. Yeah. Yeah. So I have no problem with the, the bad writing. Let's talk about her death. Yes. Which is basically the doctor's mm. fault. How so? Well, glad you asked. Yes, that the, the uh, convicts. Yes. They were they were trying to get on the ship, and the doctor used some kind of power source, force field thing to knock them unconscious. Yeah. But he wouldn't kill them. Yeah. So they were knocked unconscious, but only for a short time because one of them became conscious again, and got into the ship. Yeah. And then took Katarina prisoner. Yeah. And because of that, she died. If the Doctor had actually killed them, mm-hmm. Katarina would still be alive. Yes, she would. Secondly, uh, Brett says to him about the uh, outside door being open or closed or whatever. And, said, oh, oh, and the Doctor was like, oh, sorry, I, I am not used to this kind of ship. So if the Doctor had closed the bloody door, um, she would also still be alive. That I can blame more on the Doctor. Yes. So it was his fault. For leaving the door open, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it was it was a script decision, but within the story, it was his fault. I can see that. However, there was a nice bit after she died, when the Doctor said some nice mm. things about her. Yes, it did. Yeah, it was. It was so nice that I'm not even use it as my quote at the end of the episode. <laughs> but I'll put it here. I hope she's found her perfection. Oh, I shall always remember her. As one of the daughters of the gods. Yes. As one of the daughters of the gods. See, that was really nice. That was. That was very nice of you, Captain. So nice. And was nice of the doctor as well. So nice that uh, in the next scene they forgot completely about her and just carried on with their adventure. Uh, What do you call her? Leela, I think. Yeah, that's so, yeah. She was good, Leela. Remember when Leela was in? Yeah, we got to her about three or four years. <laughs> so the the main protagonist of this story was, uh, besides the Daleks, was obviously Mavic Chen. So apparently he's the uh, guardian of the galaxy. Yes, he's the great bird of the galaxy. I, I, I like how he's... He's called the guardian of the galaxy, but he really only looks after the solar system, according to the storyline. The galaxy of the solar system. How can that not make sense to you? Because the nose is. <laughs> All too easy. But really, they refer to the... Uh, I mean, even during the story, they refer to him. He, he only looks after the solar system. He does indeed, yes. Whereas the rest of the delegates, they look after galaxies. Apparently. But he's only looking after solar system. But you see, I think the problem is... And we've discussed this before in Doctor Mm -hmm. Who. People don't know anything. (laughs) But this was the 1960s, guys. You can't expect people to know these things. They can't just look it up on Wikipedia. 
No, but but still within this story, it still makes sense. It does make sense. It's fine. I'm glad. It, I mean, Guardian of the Galaxy. Big, big. That's that's a good title. Mm. It's better than just mm. President of the Silver System, which is just <laughs> what they would call everyone today. Well, they they do call him out. The other uh, sort of Guardians, if you like, they call him out on only being president of the solar system. We're in charge of galaxies. You're only in charge of the solar system. But they explain that our solar system is like the most important part of the Milky Way, if you like. Woo! Go our solar system. Mm. About time. Yeah. We've got some recognition. Two of them. So that's how they sort of get around that. So that's all right. Hmm. And he's like the other, he's like the Daleks, and then the, he's the, like the main other protagonist, as you were saying. Yeah. And he's a politician. Yeah, he's a, yeah. Politicians, eh? You can't trust them, can you? Some of them, I'm sure you can. I don't know any yet, but. But you let us know. You'll keep yeah. us updated on this podcast. Yeah. I, I, I will start a blog. <laughs> Politicians you can trust. I will let you know when I post on it. Yes. <laughs> Probably not. It will probably be, uh, there will probably be as many as my uh, Voyager blog of uh, Voyager episodes that are good. It's probably not even going to be that many. Sickbaycheese.blogspot.com Yes, uh, yes, go and read it, it is fun. Of course I've finished it now, but uh, yeah, read yeah. it, it's still there. Mm. Doing it, it, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's free, what do you want? People are never happy. Mm. Uh, yeah, Maverick Chen, I think he's great. I honestly do. I think he's fantastic. And I'm, I'm sorry he doesn't appear again. And uh, one of the greatest things he does uh, is sort of declaring Zeppo, Zephon, Zepho, yep. whatever it's called. Xylophone, yeah. Yeah, Xylophone. When he declares he's like the greatest thing ever. And he's saying without the Daleks, they are nothing. He goes into a right speech. No, but like Zephon did earlier. <sighs> Because that's what Zephon did right at the start. He, he he claimed he was like the greatest of the seven sort of guardians, and he made every all the other delegates wait because he thought it was so important. And then uh, Brett choked him out, and Doctor took his place. Bit of a callback there, then. Oh, I like that. But like Mavic Chen started doing the same. He started proclaiming his own brilliance. Well, I mean, he does have Space Force One as his uh, drunken spacecraft. Is that what they called the ship? No, they didn't, but I... No. Oh. I mean, he's basically the president. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so we might as well call it Space Force One. I can't remember what well, they yeah. called it. It yeah. was a stupid spacecraft. I mean, it just basically oh. spun around. Part The different parts mm. of it spun around. And the legs spun around as well. <laughs> which isn't a good idea when you're trying to land on a planet. Because it just means you're just kind of spinning all around. Which, for the special effects that they did have... Uh, it, it did look very drunk, yeah. but it fell. Yeah, they had quite a smooth sort of like approach for the landing, and then as soon as it touched down, it just it just like flitted about all over as it made contact with weight ground. It looked quite funny. I liked it. And he, and he had his fantastic excuse. Well, it is well, there's many excuses, but one of his excuses uh-huh. for getting away from the solar system for a bit was, you know, to go and see the Daleks. Was yes, I'm going on holiday. Yes. I'm just drifting around the solar system. <laughs> I'm gonna just, you know, take a year out. <laughs> I'm gonna bomb around Europe for a bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering with a name like Guardian of the Galaxy, and he's drifting around the stone. Is it some sort of superhero? Is it just like sort of like laying back on his uh, on his arms folded and just drifting around in a orbit or something like that around the galaxy? That's what I'm thinking. 
That amuses me. It amuses you. <laughs> it does. That amuses him. This is me amused. <laughs> <laughs> his spin doctor was quite quite creepy, I thought. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. The, the, the bald-headed guy. The bald-headed guy, mm. yes. Of which there were many bald-headed guys in his Well, yes, place. but this is the main bald-headed guy. Yeah. It's just like his Malcolm from Thick of It. Mm. It's like hair doesn't grow in space. Featured the line, because Patrick Chan at one point says to him, you're mad, and the, and the other guy says, am I? I do like, I mean, it features a lot in a lot of things, but I do like the line, mm. "You're." someone says to someone, you're mad, and they say, am I? In fact, the other time I think I remember that was from Curse of Fenric, which you don't remember. I do not remember. Oh, it is writing style, Gaff. His yes. writing style. Yes. Explain to everyone how he, he wrote. He, he had a, a weird writing style. Explain how that worked. This is quite complicated. I know that's why I'm asking you to do it. Yes. <laughs> right, put your hand in front yes. of you yes. on the table with, uh, with hor- horizontally. No, put your hand yeah. in front of you on the table vertically. Yes, your middle two fingers bring towards yourself and your little finger and your... Is it your index, that one? The one next to your thumb. Yeah, the one next to your thumb. Your two outer fingers... Yeah, right, right, you've done ...extend that. away from yourself. Yes, and then put put your pen or pencil in between... Both of them. Both of them. Basically, grip your pen with your little finger and your index finger against your two middle fingers. Yes. Uh, and, and, and basically, that, that's and basically how you write. basically right like that, yes. Yeah. Which was bizarre in itself. Yeah. And then Gav told me this. That uh, people at my school used to write like that as well. Not everybody, just select individuals. I have seen people write like this. To be fair... <laughs> this was not strange to me. It was to Gav. <laughs> which is bizarre. To be fair, Gav is from Yorkshire. So, you know, take that into account. But <laughs> how and why is what I what really want to ask. I don't know. It is not the most convenient or mobile of pen-holding stances. Even Mavic Chen, you could see what he was writing, and it was just like blurry lines because he mm. couldn't be bored. Forming any sentences. Yeah. I, I admit my writing style is not great. But, it's not, it's not, no. But I manage, it's comfortable for me and I get through it. At least you can read what you write. Yeah. There were everyone I played got a compliment. But if I gripped with uh, just my two exterior fingers. Exterior fingers, nice. I like that. Yeah. Nice. That, that, I might try and write like that. Who are we talking about now? Brett? Yes, why not? He's a. He's a happening dude. He's a happening dude, as you say. You know who played Brett? Do you, Gav? Can you read there what it says? I, I <laughs> can read who uh, apparently played him. Who did apparently play him? Tell, uh, the, that, tell the nation. Some guy called Nicholas Courtney. Nicholas Courtney? Yes. Who would go on to play? Who would go on to play uh, Brigadier? Colonel Lethbridge Stewart. Yes. And then Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. Okay. I was jumping ahead a little bit. You were jumping ahead. I was just being a cunt. <laughs> Completely different character to what he's playing here. Oh, yes. But, yes. but it just means that uh, he did appear with every one of the doctors. Yeah, he did appear with every one of the doctors. And, you know, one to, one to, one to eight. Audio uh-huh. and visual. That's quite an achievement. 
Well, well it is until he died. I think we should take a drink to Nicholas Courtney. To Nicholas Courtney. Because he was okay. often asked who uh, who his favourite doctor was, and he would paraphrase the brigadier and say, wonderful chaps, all of them. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the character Brett and his mm. all-purpose tablets that he had. That apparently yeah. cured everything. Ah, that sort of tablets. Not, not, not like an mm. iPhone, I, iPad tablets. No. I, I was thinking I can't remember with an iPad at all. Kater- this is new technology for you. Katarina said that uh, Stephen mm. had sickness of yes. the blood, and he was like, oh, just take these tablets. Yes, they will kill everything. Because in the future, secret agents will also be... Chemists. Chemists and doctors <laughs> who can prescribe <laughs> chem- fucking tablets. God, that sounds like a cool job. Doesn't it just... Yeah. Prepared for everything. Just like Batman. And the fear... <laughs> And the first time... Did you need, did you need that bit to think? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't read. Yeah, and the first time that he uh, went into the TARDIS was that he just, uh, as he was posing as the Doctor, he, mm-hmm. ju- he just ran in and started randomly pushing buttons in the TARDIS. As you do, a complicated spaceship, you're just running in and pushing buttons like it's an unknown life form and you're just poking it with sticks. I mean, is this something that a well, well, again, secret in, in this, well, in this, in these six episodes, I did notice the Doctor doing the stick thing again. I think it was mm. the Invisible People. Did he do the stick thing with the Invisible People? I'm pretty sure he did. Yes, I did not notice I didn't that. Make a note of it. <laughs> stick Invisible People. I did right. You cannot be the stick. Driving stick. You, you can beat people with the stick. Can you beat driving stick? Uh, no. Mm-hmm. You don't know what that means? I'm not sure what you can. No, no, no. <laughs> Some American <laughs> thing to do with driving. Oh, driving. I think it's like automatic stick, yes. and gear stick. Oh, yeah, so driving true. stick is like gear stick. Yeah. It, it's like baby talk for like grown-ups. Yes, think, it yeah. is. It is like baby talk for grown-ups. We've... Bye. We've lost one. Bye, audience. (laughs) (laughs) Please come back. We've gone back. We've ruined everything. So, so yeah, and then, uh, and then he was killed by his sister, no doubt, of Mm -hmm. all people, Sarah Kingdom, who we should probably talk about more in the next episode. Yes, but I would like to mention. What would you like to mention? Well, that that he played plays the brigadier later on. Yes, he does. She was, in fact, John Pertwee's ex-wife. Was she? Yes. I didn't know. So I quite like the fact that John Pertwee's ex-wife kills the Brigadier. Mm-hmm. And also, just quickly, they go on to appear together in the Doctor Who in the last series of the classic series. How does she come back? She... Well, she she was already in one. She played uh, the sister of Richard I in The Crusade. Yes. And she goes on to appear in Battlefield as Morgane. Listen, has she played the most roles? Three? No. No. Who has played more than her? <laughs> Do we know? Is, is this the new challenge? Had to ask me that. Oh, God, no. There have been people that have been played like nobodies, and they've played like three roles by now, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Mm. No, I mean, sure, Terry Walsh, John Pertwee's 
stunt double. I'm sure he's played loads of roles. Mm. He played two in uh, Death to the Dogs, for example. Maybe this one we could find out to the viewers. If you like. Yes. This sounds like a hard one. Uh, The communication centre, moving on. Yes. They, it was bizarre because uh, uh, wasn't Brett at the beginning was trying to contact them with the flashing mm. light, which was going yeah. on for like six hours. <laughs> and two of them, instead of actually doing their job, were talking about whether to watch the news or the Venus game. Uh, yeah, the, not sure what the, the Venus big game. game. Is. The big Venus game. The, I know they were playing Mars. Well, I'm pretty sure Mars won. By virtue of people not being crushed to death on Mars whenever they land. So much as they crushed, roasted, and boiled, or whatever it is, that whenever you land on Venus. Maybe they sorted out those problems. Did they? Obviously. They obviously. Why obviously? Because they've got a team from Mars now. There's obviously. No, I was talking about Venus. That's what happens on ah, Venus. Mars, right. Mars, you'll be right. fine. Mars will yeah. be fine. You can land on Mars yeah. and be in a spacesuit right, and you'll be gotcha. fine. On Venus, if you landed in a spacesuit, yeah. it wouldn't matter. The fuck, you'd be cr- you, the yeah. pressure would crush you. You'd be yes, roasted got, because yeah. of the massive temperature. The, the massive lack of temperature. What on on Venus? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Venus. Venus. Sorry, I may have said yes, Mars. Sorry. I may have said Mars, and I apologise, but I meant yeah. Venus. The pressure on Venus. Oh yes, sorry, yes. And the temperature. Maybe they've got super special specials. Maybe they have. Got. Yes. Beer, um, let's talk about that. Yes. <laughs> what beer are we drinking? We're drinking Dogfish Head 90-Minute Imperial IPA. Yes. I've, uh, I've I've long been a fan of the Dogfish Head beer. And uh, the 60-Minute IPA being one of my favourites. What do you think of the 90-Minute one? The 90, it's a nice drink. Oh. I'll give that, but it's, it's just got too much... Too much of an edge. It's it's not quite as smooth. It's not quite as That's all right. easy to drink. It's no more special than the other beer, to be honest with you. It's no chocolate beer, let's put it that way. Mm. It's, of, of the dogfish heads that I've had so far, it is my least favourite. Damning indictment from Gav there. It, it was it the one I was most looking forward to, and it disappointed me. Unfortunately, but it, it, it is still a very nice drink. So like Dalek Masterclass. <laughs> no, because you weren't for it. Uh, but it it has got a very so like chocolate and malty taste to it. Does it? Well, I don't know. I've been drinking Sierra Nevada Porter before this, which is a toffee-like taste. But uh, so maybe maybe I haven't really noticed that. And the fact I've got a fucking cold. <laughs> well, there is that, yes. It does screw with your tastes. It does. Seems alright to me. I mean, I don't hate it or anything. I want to say, it, it is a very nice drink. I, I don't have any problem with it. I was just really expecting a lot more, considering the 60 minute a, a IPA was one of my favourite drinks ever. Mm-hmm. And I was just expecting so much more from my 90, but I don't think it's quite as good as 60. Yeah, I do normally so, like Dogfish Head. And uh, hopefully we'll have more in the future. Hopefully we will, as you say. So back to the episode then. Nothing much I can add to this. <laughs> Tastes like snot? No, I can't really say that. <laughs> because it, that would just be a blatant lie. <laughs> well, not really. 
All oh, right, in your case, <laughs> everything tastes like snot, even oxygen. We should have got a curry snack, and then I could just blow this thing away with a vindaloo. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, shall we talk about let's the Daleks? Let's talk about then? the goddamn Daleks. The, As the, Batman might yes, say. The, the main protagonists of the series, the episode, the the collection of 12 things that we're watching. Yes, these are, these are, this is the <coughs> last time we're going to see the Daleks face off against, against William Hartnell soon, you know. Is it? Uh, it is. Uh, well, I suppose it would be when we're uh, coming towards the end. But the moment has been prepared for. Uh, I can't help that. You don't even I, know what I'm quoting from. I don't know what you're Legopolis. If, if we it, finish it, this, it, it if you know that quote, if you know just yes. that quote, I'll be happy. <laughs> Anyway. So yes, we see the Daleks with uh, with flamethrowers. Yes, this time Operation Inferno. Mm, yes, I, believe. I love okay, two things. I love the fact that Daleks are have fucking flamethrowers. They're not shitting around anymore. Well, they apparently are because they're still in fucking meetings. But they've got yeah. flamethrowers. <laughs> yes, this is what I think. Have. This is what I think. There are two factions of the Daleks in this. This is mm. where they split off. There's the ones with flamethrowers, and there's the ones that want to have goddamn meetings. <laughs> Dalek Steve is somehow in the year the, 4000. Their staff and military. Dalek Steve is somehow in the year 4000. Assume control of the Daleks, and that's why they're so <laughs> shit. And having meetings, <laughs> and instead of just, you know, taking Turinium from the yeah. solar system, they're having meetings mm, yeah. and, and taking... and and. Uh, Having stock orders and things, and yeah. can we import this from you? <laughs> we have a low, we have a low tax. I'm sorry, we want to invade your galaxy. Can can we do that? <laughs> can we do that? We can we can we can set up a working committee to discuss that. <laughs> I would like to see a Dalek say, "I am not a committee." That would be fun. But it did remind me a bit of Blazing Saddles, uh, where where the governor was like. Everyone's going harumph, harumph, and the governor's like, I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. So then I was just imagining the Dalek mm. saying, I did not get a harumph out of that guy. Talking, oh, I was talking about a good yeah. thing about the Dalek mm. in the first, the first episode where Red Fion's compadre gets exterminated by a Dalek. Yeah. There's a nice shot of the Dalek towering over mm. him. You know, you've got the camera, you've obviously got the yeah. camera at the ground. And you've got the guy lying on the ground, and so you've got the Daleks sort of towering over him, looking quite menacing, which never happens again. <laughs> <laughs> As they go off to have their wonder ones and their mm. script meetings and whatever. Mm. Now. I mean, I, I sort of do like the fact, though, that the Daleks, sort of in this one, the the less of a menace and more of a strategic, strategic menace. So, sort of the the back room sort of planning. Yeah, but that's not Daleks. The Daleks aren't like that. I'm, I'm, I, li- I like that though. No, but the Daleks they're, they're aren't not like that. that. I mean, you have other villains that are like that, but not the Daleks. The Daleks don't have fucking meetings. <laughs> All right, the meetings are a bit too far, but they are. The Daleks don't have. They are war geniuses. They are strategic geniuses. Make deals with other people and then kill the people afterwards. The Daleks just kill people. I mean, in the Dalek invasion of Earth, they have made deals with people in the past. Name six. No. Name one, in fact. Uh, Mavic Chen. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the past. This is the present for us. I mean, the Daleks. 
Oh, mate, right, we'll take. Right, we'll look at the Daleks. Yeah. First, first one. You had the Daleks in the city. Mm-hmm. Didn't know really what to make of them. They were sort of trying to appear nice to people, but they weren't really. If no. you recall, no, and they couldn't leave they the were city. Conniving bastards. All right, and then the Dalek invasion of Earth. They just go go all, all bows out and just fuck up the Earth. Yes, we're going to steal your Earth and we're going to pilot it somewhere else. Um, we're going to use you as a cannonball or something. I don't know what they're going to do with Atomic cannon? No, they they were going to fly <laughs> around the universe or something. I don't know. They're probably going to crash they, it into a planet. They probably didn't know themselves. They just thought, fuck yeah. it, let's do this. <laughs> you wouldn't see the Daleks these days, do you? <laughs> the third one was this chase where the Daleks decided to become the Keystone Cops. A chase people around the universe. And in this one, they become administrative assistants. Well, they're trying to take over the universe. <laughs> Why don't they just try and take over our planet first? That they have big, they have eyes on the big picture, the universe. Yes. Do they have any idea how big the universe is? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing the Daleks do. Yes. So they're just going to make deals with it. Oh, they're just rubbish. I'm sorry, I don't like the Daleks in this one. They're amusing, but I don't like. Them. They're not great. <laughs> I'll give you that. I do like Maverick Chandler. I may have mentioned that. But I don't mind them, so. And I do like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I do like how the Daleks, uh, sort of with the various Dalek factions that have screwed up on their emissions when they've been sent to uh, sort of capture the Doctor and stuff like that, and the failed emissions and Dalek Supreme, it just exterminates them. Yeah, it exterminates them, but it doesn't exterminate anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they readily exterminate their own species. <laughs> I think they've just got their entire mission statement mixed up. <laughs> In fact, they probably have a mission statement. This is their problem. One thing I will say, fighting invisible things yeah, sure is, is saves some budgets. Steve taking the place of the uh, this is what I've said. Commander, yeah. This is what I've said. This is the problem. Anyway, let's talk about something that's not going to annoy us as much. Uh, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> okay, what about Stephen? Can I just mention his jacket first of all? Why is anyone going to wear a corduroy jacket? Just to annoy me. Exactly. If anyone's going to wear it, Stephen's going to. Well, I think. Yes. I think it's just trying to annoy people. Or Ben. Because he's still um, empathic. We'll get to Ben. <laughs> Don't you insult Ben or I'll insult Polly. Because he's empathic <laughs> as normal. We'll get to that fight later. We will indeed. <laughs> Not soon enough. The, uh, yeah. Uh, Sarah Kingdom, she kills Breadvine thinking he's a traitor and he's her brother. Mm-hmm. But Stephen's not, Stephen's not happy with that, so he just decides to, to rant at her about it until she runs off. I never realised how yeah. much of a dick he was before. He did manage to turn around though and convince her to be on their side. I think it was more the doctor than, uh, than Stephen. I don't think it was. Because cause it was all Stephen. It was all Stephen trying to convince her. The doctor came in and had a couple of words, and then Stephen continued, and and then she sort of drifted around. Do you think it was you, Stockholm you, syndrome? You could argue it was the doctor, but I'm thinking it was Stephen. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, even though he's are a cunt. What are you, Michael yeah. Parkinson, off of? Uh, <laughs> just a minute now. No, I'll I... give Stephen the benefit of the doubt, but if I have the chance to redress the balance to the Doctor, I will. Precisely one person will get that joke. Hey, I'm, that one person is not me. No. 
Well, we've been talking about the Daleks having meetings all mm. the time. Let's talk about their actual meeting place, the, the <laughs> Universal Council, yes. which consists of the Solar System and the Seven Outer Galaxies. Yeah, I'd like to know where the Seven Outer Galaxies are. They're they're out there. They're oh, right. outer, uh, outer galaxies. You see, yeah. Thanks for explaining that for me. It's all right. Yes. <laughs> But yes, that's quite an alliance. They're very, they're very ugly. These outer galaxy people. <laughs> I just like to mention. Yeah, and one of them is very slow. Yes, and the Daleks are probably thinking, right? We've formed this alliance with the seven outer galaxies. Why? <laughs> they're fucking useless. Yeah, I, I know why they form the alliance with the uh, solar system, as they intend on calling uh, our uh, solar system. But <laughs> but the rest of them is surely just on numbers. numbers. Because they really don't seem to care about what the rest of them think at all, though. No, not really. I'd just like to mention quickly that episode two of this story was actually the first actual episode that we saw since series two. Now that I've said that, that's all I need to say. Yes, it has been a long time since we saw an actual episode. Uh, the, the molecular dissemination, which isn't some kind of uh, semen-carrying thing. Yes, the uh, technobabble they used to describe the teleportation technology they used, yes. Never mind that, they were, they were transferring mice to another planet. Oh, yes. I think this is where hitchhikers got their idea from, with the mice being the, the people running the, the mm. science experiment on Earth. It's the mice that are in charge, the Daleks mm. do this. Because they were the ones that thought that mice might be hostile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the Daleks did right in exterminating them. Yes, they did. So we'll never know now. Or maybe they actually went forward in time and watched hitchhikers and exterminated the mice. Or maybe they went back in time, since uh, this is the year 4000, and we're in the year 2012. Uh, yes. Too right. Uh, one thing I want to mention quickly is mm. the is the bit where they teleport to another planet. Yeah. It's fucking bizarre. They all like put on weird gurney faces, put and like pull different faces. Yeah, and, and, then, they, and then they jump yeah. up and down. It reminded me a bit. There's a bit in Star Trek Four when they land back in the 20th century, and there's this bizarre bit that doesn't really fit in with the movie where. They have quotes from the rest of the movie later on, and it's just like weird. Okay, it's just weird, and this bit was weird like that. Okay, I'll I'll give you a weird. You give me weird. Yeah, you are the king of weird. Uh, I'm I'm the master of weird. I know weird when I see weird. Did you see weird then? I saw a bit of weird. You saw a bit of weird. That's alright then. That is why I'm giving you weird. So companion then. Yeah, uh, mm. I think I I think well it has to be whether it'll be interesting in the next part who I choose, but in this one I think it has to be Sarah Kingdom. Yes, I I agree. I thought you might have gone with Brett. Yeah. I thought I might go with Brett, but then I'll yeah. go with Sarah Kingdom, and then next but, and then the second part will be more interesting, won't it? But I thought Brett was a bit of a dick at times. It it was. It was too rash. He didn't care much about anybody else. It was all about the mission. and It was all about himself, really. Yeah. So I don't think he'd have been a good fit. But I think Sarah would have come out. I thought she 
I'm, I, I, from, from the two episodes we saw, I thought she was a good character. I did I, like her. I, I thought she could have fit in. It'll be interesting to see whether she remains on at the end of Dalek Master Plan. Yes, I, I, I can envision her lasting like... She doesn't. Three series <laughs> or something. <laughs> I can envision her being <laughs> in the Doctor. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like her because um, she's not your typical screaming companion. Even though I did use a screaming sound there as a com- for the companion bit, but yeah, no, she's she, not. She's, she's yeah, she's a sibling killing hard ass. Yes, very much of the mold from Avengers at the time, not mm-hmm. the Marvel one, the UK one that was made into a shit movie with Sean Connery. <laughs> uh, but yeah, mm. I, I really, I really like it. So moving on to the quotes, then. What's your quote, Gav? Tell us your amazing quote. I think I'm going to have to go for the uh, time when so that Mavic Chen discovers that the uh, Daleks are uh, as infallible as he is. Oh yes, um, they're like they're like meeting, as yes. if as if as if again, as if he was like the employee, mm. yeah, uh, and the Dalek was marking his performance for the last yeah. year. Yes. <laughs> Yes, Mavic Chen's getting a dressing down, and then uh, from his from his ma- <laughs> from his team leader. Yeah, <laughs> and then they get an over report that his team leader has just equally fucked up. Yes, I do like that. <laughs> and bit. he revels in it, <laughs> and it goes thusly. And you had the audacity to accuse me, Mavic Chen, of incompetence. It a is Dalek pursuit ship stolen. It is really. Not. It is not an emergency. No. More like a catastrophe. And yours, Gav? Mine, in actuality. Mm. My bit is the is the bit with uh, Stephen saying something's fantastic and impossible, or futuristic and impossible, and the the Doctor has a bit of a, a tete-a-tete with him, and I quite, just quite like the language used in it. Dissemination means our bodies were broken up by some process or other, shot through into the fourth dimension, and at a given point, reassembled again on this planet. That's fantastic! Impossible! Fantastic it may be, my boy, but impossible, no! Because precisely that is what has happened. I just like the way the Doctor says that there. So, moving on, we uh, we have a question this time. Do, you, do we? Yes. I think this question's for you, Gav. Uh, I, I do believe this question is for me. It is from uh, Alga, from... Uh, Post-Atomic Horror. Yes, sarcastic voyage. Well, our sister com in this instance, but yes, sarcasticvoyage.com. Is it dot com? Yes, it is. No, well, Algar dot com will get you. Yes, do you want to tell the story of? No, Andy. He asks. No, no, no. Let's let's very quickly get the other viewers into the loop. All right, let's go into them. Here's the thing. We went to Seattle. I'm yes. sure we've mentioned before. <laughs> yes. Don't want to bore you, but we went to Seattle. So I posted on the horror live. Things. Yeah. And uh, Carl thought it would be a hilarious jape. Yes. Consi- considering my history of not knowing anything pop culture reference related. You may or may not know this if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, yes. you're very good at hiding it. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yes. I thought it would be funny to say, what is Star Trek during the post-atomic or Star Trek podcast? Live. Live, yes. 
So, Mr. Algar himself has, has written us a question. I'm sure you can guess what it is. <laughs> it goes thusly. What's Doctor Who? What so, is, uh, so Gav, is what answer. is Doctor Who? Well, Doctor Who is a TV series that started in the 1960s about... It is about a time traveller film at Gallifrey who travels through space and time with uh, companions, uh, getting into various adventures and scrapes, battling evil uh, throughout any sort of story or time period or whatever you like. Uh, that's about it. At its simplest level, yeah, it's about... A- it is about a madman with a box. And that. And as, <laughs> yes, as uh, Stephen Moffat coined the phrase, a madman with a box is perfect. So uh, I say uh, to you, Algar, again, what is Star Trek? Do I get Star an Trek answer is. this time? No, you won't. See, we answered his question. Will he answer it? I don't think so. I'm, I'm also wondering if uh, any of our listeners are actually sort of watching along with us with the episode what actually watching the episodes as we're going on i'd be interested to hear from anybody that actually I is i knew one i don't know if he carried on with it though yeah they're, <laughs> they're not readily available so it's but i would say thing, but... i don't know if a lot of them are watching along, mm. but i'm sure a lot of them have mm. seen them already well it'll be interesting to see if anybody actually does yes so you can get in touch with us at drunken time travel at gmail.com or uh, drunkentimetravel.blogspot.com will give you yes. other ways to contact us, like Twitter at drunkentimetravel. Yes. yes, and we're on Google Plus and various other things. All the links are available from. And iTunes, most of the episodes are on. If not, you can get on the Blogspot. Yeah. Feel free to rate or comment. Yes, please do. Let us know what we're doing right or wrong. We'd be interested to hear from you. Indeed. So next time, what will happen next? Is the atmosphere poisonous? Does it even matter since they can go bloody somewhere else? But apparently it's a cliffhanger. So, now, the next time, episode 7 to 12 of the Dalek Master Plan. Of the Dalek thing. Will the Daleks (laughs) succeed in their attempt to make a universe a bureaucracy? Well, now the the doctors are the... It's still a thing and he's gone. So it's all fine. Everything's been resolved. Nothing has been resolved. Nothing! Everything! I, I have one more thing to say. Go. Soupy twist. Soupy twist. In the next episode, you'll hear Irish Gav say, Hey, do you remember Hi Fi? And you will hear English Gav say, Who? Oh. <laughs>